0: Welcome to Common Ground with Bill Walton, featuring conversations with leaders, entrepreneurs, artists, and thinkers. Fresh perspectives on money, culture, politics, and human flourishing. Interesting people, interesting things.
1: Hi, I'm joined today by Rachel Gresler and Adam Schell, who are both with the Heritage Foundation. Uh, Rachel researches and analyzes taxes, Social Security, disability insurance, and pensions to promote economic growth. Uh, Adam focuses on tax policy and the federal budget as a, as a policy analyst at, the, at Heritage, and he refo- focuses on the economics of taxation, international tax competition, and the federal budget. And we're here today to understand the recent bill that's come out of the House called the Tax Cuts and Job Act Act. And together, we are going to try to understand what it is, make it interesting, and, and have us all know what's at stake for uh, ordinary Americans. So welcome, guys. Uh, Sounds like, I like the task. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, at least we'll make it fun. Yeah. <laughs> so Adam, tell us about what this bill is about and um, what's in it. And
2: Yeah, well, thanks for having us on. The, the The bill does a whole lot of things. The legislative text is over 400 pages long, and the the, the House is attempting to... To correct many different problems in our tax codes, we know it's incredibly complex. The current tax code is it's a burden on individuals and businesses, and the and this legislation aims to address uh, some of those problems. Most importantly, the legislation fixes our business tax environment, especially on the corporation side. So currently, we have the highest corporate tax rate in the developed world. It, Almost forty percent when you add in 35% average state, federal, rates, federal and federal, average yeah. state, and so 5%. It, it, it lowers that rate to twenty percent, which is what drives this package as being pro-growth. It, mm-hmm. It's that's the piece that will get businesses to come back to the United States, add additional jobs, add to economic growth, and and then paired with that, there's a whole bunch of changes on the individual side. It uh, the, the tax code lowers, uh, consolidates tax brackets. We currently have seven; they move to uh, four. Uh, there's a doubling of the standard deduction, which simplifies tax paying for a lot of uh, sort of average Americans, and then they make some changes to uh, pass through businesses, or what a lot of people think of as small businesses. That they, they try to, to provide a tax cut there, lower capping the rate at 25%, but add in some additional complicated rules that make that a, a, a sort of a, a less straightforward part of the tax reform. But but overall, the tax pr- package is is definitely a step in the right direction. It's pro-growth, it's pro-worker and, uh, and
0: so we'll sort of see how it
2: evolves through the process but right now it's, uh, it's in the House Rachel, what are the
1: key pieces of the individual side?
0: So the big things there, Adam mentioned the doubling of the standard deductions. So you now have it that individuals won't be taxed on the first $12,000 of their earnings, this is assuming they don't itemize, and married couples the first $24,000. Um, so that kicks up, then you also have the rates the rates have come down. We used to have anywhere between 10 and 39.6%. They're now just three, four rates. It was three, we hoped, but it went to four. So you start with a 12% rate, 25% rate, and then a 35% rate, and then they did um, kind of last-minute add back in the current 39.6% rate. So on the top, there's not really a rate cut, and we can talk about this later, but there's also a bubble rate that actually gets the top rate to 45.6%. Um, Where
1: where would we be without a bubble (laughs) rate?
0: Back in 86. (laughs) So the rates, particularly on the lower and middle income families have come down and they've also shifted the brackets a little bit. So a higher portion of your income is subject to that lower rate. But on the upper end, the 35% rate, the 39.6% rate, um, those have shifted up a little bit. Well, I guess just the 35% rate. And so you have the case that people making it under about 200 250,000 they're going to see a tax cut they're going to be subject to a lower marginal rate but there's going to be a big chunk of income in there between about 200 to 500,000 where they're actually going to have a higher marginal rate than they previously did so that's one of the downfalls that is on the individual side you know marginal rates matter so much because that's changing the incentive at the margin do i work more do i invest more do i grow my company create more jobs and that's all what the marginal rate has the biggest impact on. And so you haven't done a lot where most of the economic activity is occurring in the economy there.
1: Now, are there going to be more people that pay taxes because of this bill, or fewer? We
0: were just discussing this. I think that you'll have a small decline in the percentage of Americans that are paying federal income taxes. That's probably largely going to come from the standard or the child tax credit, which was increased from thousand dollars to sixteen hundred dollars. You know, we had the doubling of the standard deduction. But that's coupled with also eliminating the personal exemption. Those two mostly wash each other out. It depends on how many are in your family. So it could actually be a tax increase for very big families, tax cut for lower ones. But then when you add in that child tax credit, it's $1,600 now instead of $1,000. you are probably pushing some more people off the tax rolls at the lower end.
1: And so, Well, most people are paying payroll taxes and FICA, so on and so forth. Uh, Many people are not paying federal income tax, and what is that like? Forty-five percent of Americans are not in the tax system, and this yep, brings it right. to mm-hmm. uh, to what?
0: We don't have a good estimate. You're not I don't, sure yet. I don't well, think we're it's also not fully baked yet, I mean, exactly. And it could increase yeah. over time, depending on some measures. Um, inflation parts but, but, could bring it back, but
1: but my in, in my in, in my perfect tax world, we'd be broadening the tax base yes. so more people yeah. have a stake in the system. I think exactly. one of the flaws we have is that we're cutting taxes but then for half of america it doesn't really matter because the, they're not they're not they're not part of it
2: and this is part of the sort of box that that republicans have put themselves in the one of the two big goals of tax reform that have been pushed is both the business reform lowering the corporate tax rate to 20% or what we had hoped would be 15% but then also the, this idea that we have to provide significant tax cuts to the quote unquote middle class and that's that, that's a great talking point, but actually doing that is more difficult than, uh, than one would think it, it should be. Just because of this, 50% of people already don't pay a lot of income tax. And, and then the, the fact that the top uh, 10% of income earners pay 70% of the income tax. So anytime we're talking about reforming the, 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 the system the income tax system, we have to, on, at some degree, be talking about bringing down those top top rates as well, and and so moving around those pieces, trying to provide a big tax cut for for folks that already don't pay a large share of the total income tax, becomes hard as you move those pieces around. If you're yeah, you also the rates, trying, but if they're not, not paying much in, it doesn't matter. Exactly. And if, you're, no rep, if you're also yeah. trying not to, sir, if you're if you're trying not to provide a big tax cut for the quote unquote rich, you it's you sort of have are out of options there you you have taken things off the table that should well, well, still be well you didn't you didn't
1: say this I said it but it <laughs> seems like we're still in the class warfare mode where you've got you know you got to you've got to soak the rich if you're going to have a tax system
2: and that's what's unfortunate about leaving in the the top 39.6 yeah. bracket is even though it it the income brackets were moved up to 500,000 or and a million if you're a, if you're a married couple the Leaving in that bracket has real economic consequences. That the people that are most sensitive to those high marginal rates are, are the most wealthy the people that can choose to to retire or to work or to work less, scale back how much they work, and it it does have uh, work incentives. It changes savings behavior and investment behavior at those at those top marginal rates, and that's that's what's to to make this plan as pro growth as it could be. We really should have. Attempted to address that topic. Well, top rate.
1: I, I don't know the tax history all that well, but wasn't part of the '86 tax bill where they dropped the highest marginal rate from something like seventy percent to thirty percent? Was that? Am I getting my tax was history it correct?
0: Was it even lower. Yeah, I don't, I don't some dramatic reduction. And so and, what uh,
1: happened was, at that lower rate, they collected three or four times the tax revenue from the higher earners. I mean, so and, the, the history shows mm-hmm. that if you drop the rate, you collect you collect more revenue.
2: And and that same, we similar story uh, happened in the 1920s. Similar thing in the 1960s, and then yeah. in the 80s, these big individual rate cuts were part of tax reform. And this time around, the focus was always on. Bringing down the corporate rate because that was the most detrimental part of the tax system, and, and we're moving in that direction, and that's fantastic. But it sort of has left behind this other piece that is also important.
1: Well, for those of us who think the the individual side is pretty small ball and doesn't get it, I mean, Trump wants to call this cut, 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 but it's, it's more like cut. I mean, we've got we've got <laughs> one thing that's mm-hmm. really cut here, which is on the corporate side. On the individual side, uh, we can get into the details, but mm-hmm. doesn't seem like it accomplishes an enormous amount on the corporate side though we do have we're going from 35 to 20 percent which is good puts us in line more in line with the rest of the world my goal was to get us to ireland which is 12 percent, but we didn't get there uh, and we also expense capital expenditures immediately for some classes of assets and that's a good thing that'll that'll speed up capital investment we also repatriate Income from abroad, at a, mm-hmm. it was going to be a five percent tax rate, and I think now they've increased that today, as we speak, to to a bigger, to a yeah, higher to, number.
2: Yeah, to fourteen and seven for for cash and physical assets. But all of these things are moving targets at this point. That they'll continue. We haven't seen the Senate tax and it'll keep move uh, these these things. I'm sure, keep the Senate moving, will be very constructive. The
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, what? But what are the? Uh, why couldn't we have just done the corporate now? And save the individual for later. I mean,
2: why do we have to do it all at once? So they've, we've, we've tried to do corporate-only reform in the past. This was something that the Obama administration was was favorable towards. And what is what makes it difficult is our system is in our, through our system is. I think it's ninety percent of businesses in America aren't those big C corporations. Although that's the rate that really matters. If you're just do, if that's the rate that is most detrimental currently the if you just do corporate only there's this big portion of the business community that feels left out which and, is which are individuals and pastors and
1: let's explain what these uh-huh. are i mean the, for the big companies they're they're in the C chapter of of the corporate code and for all the other businesses that are LLCs partnerships uh, S-corps. and S corps they don't pay taxes at the business level they pay taxes uh, as, that, individuals. The, as, yes. as individuals yes. as the owners and those are taxed at the now 39% rate, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so that's not enormously different from 35% the 35% Plus the
2: Obamacare tax. <laughs> Plus yeah. the 4 point, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Plus the phase outs The AMT, the P's limitation. <laughs> but if you drop
1: the, the 35% corporate rate to 20, then there's an enormous gap between mm-hmm. the two. That's why it's got to be addressed.
2: Yeah, and you
0: you that's why you couldn't couldn't do it
1: just the corporate.
0: Yeah, and I think also you talked about the class warfare before, and when you do something that's only on the corporate side, no matter how many economists agree that the corporate tax is the most detrimental, you are always going to have people saying, you just want to give big businesses back money. And so I think that's why we're bringing in the individual side, and it's so much more popular when you're saying, oh, this is a middle-class tax cut. Then I think they can swallow the business side and say, you know, on net, this is a tax cut for the business community, for corporations, S-corps, whatever you are. But they also had to tie into it the individuals so that they're getting something out of this tax reform bill, because I think a lot of people focus more on, what am I going to get back next year in my tax bill, as opposed to, how much higher is my income going to be in the long term, because you've done this you know, economically advantageous corporate side reform?
1: Well, the, I think you, know, you mentioned most economists. I think the corporate tax has been said to Real be a real, damaging uh, uh, damaging impact on both workers, consumers, capital investment. Yeah. Some people uh, argue that the corporate tax, if it, if it went away, would see we'd see a dramatic wage <laughs>
2: increase. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and that and that's what's it's really difficult to sell that piece of it to people. Is the corporate tax brings in around nine percent of all federal revenue, but it be, be, it's a cent, it's a double tax on the same income. So although those those pass-throughs that you were just talking about are paying that thirty nine percent rate the corporate side is paying a thirty five percent rate and then again a twenty percent tax on the individual side when that profit is distributed through capital gains or dividends so there's a compounding sort of double tax on the corporate side that makes it even more destructive and 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 you're right the those pieces paired together and our corporate tax rate being the highest in in the world means that that Businesses have been leaving the United States, not just their headquarters leaving. Burger King has moved to Canada. Uh, Anheuser Busch has moved to Belgium. The but Would they're people, also what people call inversions, inver- where they, yeah, they, tax They, they inversions. get acquired that, by a foreign that's, company, that's sort of the the, the sexy headlines. But <laughs> yeah. what's going on underneath is they're actually moving physical capital abroad or not investing physical capital here, and that has that that has, is why why one of the reasons why wages haven't grown as fast as as they should have. The um, the, the most striking piece is, and I think in over the last eight years or so, there's been a couple years where we've actually had negative capital growth per worker, which is is horrible for, for wage growth for for people getting additional skills and working with with better, better technology, which is the key piece of increasing output and, and economic growth. and so so reforming our business tax environment can allow, businesses to invest in again, America again, invest in American workers again. And that's how this translates to a larger economy, to higher wages. Uh, and that sort of knock-on effect is hard to sell to people. Mm-hmm. So, so, but... so
1: the formula, though, is you lower taxes. Business have more capital to invest. They can put it in plant and equipment, mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. like that. And that's better for productivity, better for wages, and better for job growth. Exactly. So, that's. We also have something that in the bill that Tries to attract the capital that's been kept outside of the United States. Uh, there's something like two or three trillion dollars mm-hmm. that people estimate is outside the United States, not being brought back by companies because they don't want to pay the higher rates mm-hmm. in the U.S. What what happens with this bill? With that?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So we currently have a worldwide tax system where the United States attempts to tax foreign profits that are that are made in other countries by U.S. headquartered firms. And basically, no other developed country has this system, and it it effectively locks corporate profits that are earned elsewhere out of the United States. So, if I earn some profits in Ireland or in Canada, the United States levies a tax penalty if I ever want to bring that money back and reinvest in the United States. So, it has locked these several trillion dollars o- abroad. the cur- the, sy- the system that we're being proposed right now is called a territorial system, and going forward. It will not attempt to tax profits earned overseas, which levels the playing field for American businesses competing ab- abroad. There's a transition measure of, for that trillions of dollars that are held overseas. So they levy a one-time tax and deem that money has been repatriated, to bring it back and um, allowing, freeing it up so that it's no longer locked and what's locked that, overseas. And what's,
1: ta- what's that number? What's that percentage?
2: So... Right now, right, as of today, the, the numbers are are fourteen and seven, so fourteen percent tax on liquid assets, so cash, mm-hmm. and a seven percent tax on on money that's actually being reinvested abroad, so that it has maybe been turned into a building or put into a factory. But but that's subject to change. So it's I'm sure.
1: deemed, even though it's over there physically, it's deemed to be repatriated, yes, and the, you pay seven percent regardless to, of whether to, or not that meant To get a good housekeeping not. seal of approval <laughs> that this is now in the in the world in the territorial regime not the,
2: not the worldwide mm-hmm. regime exactly and and that's not it's not ideal policy like in in the perfect well, it's a, perfect, a, it's, in it's a, perfect a product world, of politics yeah, yeah in, in a perfect world that money shouldn't have been taxed in the first place but as a transition tax to get us to a better world we can live with with some rate how did we, how did we get into a, a worldwide tax
1: system to begin with, uh, virtually every other country in the world has a mm-hmm. territorial system how did mm-hmm. we end up with worldwide was it just because we were America, and we thought we could get away with it, or what it was you know the history there
2: so as almost every other country used to have a worldwide system, just like most other countries used to have a corporate tax rate that was in the 40 thirty five percent rate like ours. But as oh, the world okay. has become more global, every other country has realized that the corporate tax is an outdated tax that isn't properly tailored for a glo- for global economies. Okay. And so and that's as capital has become more mobile, as business supply chains have moved around the world, the, the corporate tax has become more and more inefficient and a worldwide system becomes more and more detrimental to the economy. So as we've seen over time, almost every other developed country has moved away from a worldwide system and has systematically lowered their corporate tax rates and the United States. Having not reformed Mm -hmm. our tax code since the eighties, we just have been left behind.
1: You know, I wonder why they're not selling the bill based on that. I mean, we were really laggards Mm -hmm. in in the world Mm -hmm. taxation system, and you know, particularly when you think how how uh, uh, the EU is so aggressive about you know taxing and things like that. But they're way ahead of us here in terms of uh, uh, taxing capital creators Mm -hmm. and innovators.
0: You know, all the other countries are far more competitive, and we just kind of haven't jumped on that bandwagon yet. But I don't know if it's because people don't understand the international taxation. You start talking about a territorial system and worldwide, and you know that doesn't resonate with the average American. And it's oh, you're going to cut taxes for corporations by a significant amount. Yeah, I, I, did, I had to do a little reading to. to know what that was <laughs> uh, before the show. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so most people don't know that. Yes, but, yeah,
0: exactly. And you try to put any either of those words, territorial or worldwide, into your headline phrase of why we need tax reform, and, and nobody we, understands
1: and we, that. And we want to stop inversions, and <laughs> well, so you and, know it, it gets pretty. Uh, and
2: you see, and so when I, when you describe the problem of capitals moving abroad or businesses are inverting. Most people's reaction is, well, why don't we stop them? We need to put we need to put regulations in place. That's to, what Jack Lewis. That's what mm-hmm. Jack Lew did. With the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or we need to put a tax on businesses that try to move abroad to keep them here. And that's, re- that's the opposite of the way we should be looking at the problem. We should, the, the way that all, most other countries have approached this is becoming more competitive. How do we attract businesses here? It's not just about keeping businesses from leaving, but there's a whole world of mm-hmm. businesses out there that could be doing business here, employing Americans, and, and, that's, and that's really what this, this tax reform is about, is, is employing more Americans.
1: So with the territorial system with a 20% rate... And being able to expense capital expenditures in year one, and not mm-hmm. have to, you know, computers. Great example. You buy a computer. What is the depreciation? of three-year, five-year, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and within six months, you got to buy another one because it's out of date. Yet you can't. Mm-hmm. You can't You're just. You're still, still it writing off. it off. Yeah. <laughs> it makes my accountant happy. He's got lots of schedules that he gets to bill <laughs> bill me for. Uh, so that's that's a pre- This is pretty dramatic in terms of growth and on the on the corporate side.
0: Yes. On the expensing, though, would note that this is an immediate expensing for most things, but it's five years. It's temporary, and that's you know due to revenue provisions and wanting to keep the bill within the limits in that time frame. And so it what depends going forward, is this going to have the full economic growth that full expensing permanently would have? Well, do the businesses really believe that it will be extended?
1: Ex- explain why that's a problem.
0: Mm-hmm. So if you're a business and you, under a current code, at the end of five years— the equipment that you invest is no longer going to be able to be written off. Then, after five years, you stop investing. And so in the first five years, you get a huge boost in capital and productivity is increasing. But then you get to that sixth year... And now you're going to actually have a dearth in you know investment because everybody's already made their purchases and they're not going to. And then you start going down. So
1: so we got a five year window. Businesses will mm-hmm. invest a little bit. What year one, two, but by year three they're saying, look, this thing's going to run out. I'm going to go pile up equipment mm-hmm. in, the, mm-hmm. in the warehouse, so to speak. And then uh, year six, nobody's buying anything. Exactly.
2: Or, okay. And and the provision that, that's in there only applies to new equipment, which is significantly narrower than it otherwise could be. The mm-hmm. full expensing should not only be permanent, but should also should apply to all business expenditures, sure. not just new equipment. So it currently exempts structures, it exempts used equipment, and, and that also leaves a lot of growth on the table. Mm-hmm. So although, the, yes, this is a step in the right direction, it the, I think the Tax Foundation estimated that this current plan could, would grow the economy by about 3.6% uh, over 10 years. Will be 3.6% larger than it otherwise would be at the end of 10 years. And that's about half the growth that we could have seen from a more robust business-side reform of full 3. expensing. 36
1: annual or 36 over 10, ten years? Year? At the end of the 10-year. So what does that work out per year, like 0.1% or no,
0: something like that? you grow over time, although that yeah. expensing kind of makes it level off there. Yeah, I don't
2: know what it turned— what. What it turns into year over year, but it's it's less than it's less than the one percent increase that, say, the president has uh, has touted.
1: So what, the the thorny thing that got us into the both the individual and the corporate at the same time is this pass through. Let's let's dig into that a bit. I want to get to the individuals mm-hmm. uh, in a minute, but I think there are twenty seven million co- businesses that are taxed as pass-throughs or what nine million businesses taxes pass-throughs and 27 million sole proprietorships or there's some big numbers it, like 30 40 million businesses would be affected by this kind of uh, uh, yeah, change
2: majority of the of this of the businesses in the United States are these pass-throughs that file as individuals and the it's, it's what they're doing is really complicated so the the bill cap uh, puts a a ceiling on the tax rate that pass-throughs pass-throughs pay of 25% but then anything above that they've added on some additional complicated rules that that it are really there because they haven't lowered the top wage rate that 39% rate that we talked about in the current universe that we live in those rates are the same and there's not a problem of businesses recharacterizing income into business income to game the system and so but because they've split these rates they they're now having to write complicated rules to prohibit gaming of the system essentially and so we're in this sort of second best world that that requires the the these rules they have a 70 30 rule on, yeah, on uh, a tax
1: ca- taxpayers can elect to use alternative facts and <laughs> circumstances in general 70 percent is treated as salary 30 percent is passed <laughs> exactly. through capital income um there's going to be a test looking at investment in the company, multiplying that by the sum of the federal short-term rate plus 7%.
2: <laughs> Sounds like simplification to me.
1: <laughs> Sounds like a mess to me. <laughs> and then listen to the industries that are excluded. They're excluding um, health, law, engineering, architecture, accounting, actuarial science, performing arts, consulting, athletics. Athletics, those are ballplayers. Uh, <laughs> financial service, golfers. Golfers can't be pastors. Brokerage services or any trade or business. Where the principal assets of such a trader business is the reputation or skill of one or more of its employees, I mean this is this is a open field for for litigation and and, uh, mm-hmm. and and tax lawyers. I mean, we they couldn't do better than this after thinking about this for years.
2: And so th- this is a product of not wanting to lower the, those The top, high, those the, top, the top individual rates. Rate. So so, it, it, so it, the, all these things. Sort of fit together and put us into a place that is that is not ideal. They're they're trying to not raise not lower taxes on the rich, but provide a tax cut to um, to small businesses. And a lot, often these things are incompatible. You can't you you can't design a system mm-hmm. that that does all these things at once without these sort of complicated rules.
1: So to solve this mess, they could have just dropped the tax the top rate and. Gone with the theory that history may be a predictor of the future, and in the past, when we dropped these mm-hmm. rates, we increased revenue, and that would have gotten the pay-for stuff done. Is that correct? Mm-hmm.
2: If you believe that, but yes, and but the-
0: <laughs> that brings up the scores, which is just <laughs> this box that Congress is in. You you have the. Let's talk about scores, scores now. This is a good yeah. good segue and the to cost scores. scores. Yeah, and so you don't get those revenue effects. We don't really have dynamic scoring. I mean, we might get some dynamic score called dynamic score coming out of the Joint Tax Committee, but it, they're not going to give the full, you know, true growth effects that we believe are going to happen. And so you're tied into the Senate passed this $1.5 trillion maximum tax cut. That's all they can do. And so now you're just trying to get the revenue to necessary. clarify
1: dynamic assumes that people respond to incentives and to rates. Mm-hmm. And people, if they're paying a 50% rate, will behave one way. If they get a 25% rate, they'll behave another way because they'll use that capital to do something. Mm -hmm. And that capital might go into innovation, investment, and growth. Mm -hmm. So you'd see more economic growth. Static scoring is what we're using primarily, which says you can cut a tax and it has no effect at all.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Or you can
2: raise a tax and it has, it has no, no effect, effect <laughs> other than other than bringing in mm-hmm. more and more revenue, which is not always the case.
0: 70% tax will bring in twice as much as a 35 is what the static score will tell you. We all know that's not true because people aren't going to save as much, invest as in much, et cetera, at a 70% rate as they will at a 35.
1: How can we cut this Gordian knot? I mean, is there is there anything, do we need some bold Speaker of the House to do it, or uh...
2: so one. A couple of the things that that we pushed for and had hoped to see in that these reforms is is changing some of the budget rules that constrain the process. The currently they budget on a ten a ten year window, and they are and then they're lowering that revenue estimate to one point five trillion. One of the things that we had hoped for is to see a, a longer twenty year window and a low and. And allowing a, a lower revenue target beyond that 1.5 trillion to give congress room to actually provide a tax cut to everyone not have to get all, all these complicated rules to, to make that 1.5 number work and then and then the economic growth would make it not nearly as deficit heavy as it otherwise would be so it's it's both it's working in the system saying if jct is going to give us this this irresponsible score We'll work within that world, but in reality, we understand that this isn't actually going to be a tax cut of three or four trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. In the real world, economic growth is going to make up a big piece of this. Yeah, but the that's not what we're seeing mm-hmm. right now, and that's what is that's what sort of put us in the place that we're currently that we see Congress is making these horrible trade offs to to hit their their revenue target. Got it. Uh,
1: we repeal the estate tax in this bill.
0: Mm-hmm. But, in your but sense. We, but sense we wait sense.
1: until 2023. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to be, you can you can put a lot of investment dollars in the life support business. <laughs> <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, you do double keep, the exemption keep, immediately. Keep that but... alive for another
1: year. <laughs> yeah, that's, me, I mean, for that... some people, you know, if
0: they're not that close. I mean, to death, what, and it's not a big deal. But yeah, this five-year window we have going on. What, um, what are they thinking? I mean, why why, this why is not the why just again? do it? I it's mean, the revenue.
1: Because there's what the estate tax collects is like, yeah, it's one, not it's big. like 1% or less of the total tax. In Point 0.7. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Point 0.7. It doesn't re, it's, it's purely a political mm-hmm. nod, again, to, to going after uh, the wealthy.
2: And, and this <laughs> revenue piece. Every, every dollar they're adding up in this process mm-hmm. to get to that, that 1.5. So the delay allows them to have a little more expensing and have a li- mm-hmm. have a slightly lower corporate tax rate and each of these things that you sort of you turn the knob mm-hmm. knob on a little bit something else
0: has to give
2: well
1: this is more like whack-a-mole
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly uh,
0: <laughs> I mean 1.5 trillion over 10 years is really not that big at all so we started with not that much to play with and I think that's why we're seeing a lot of the policies that normally would not be even talked about in pro-growth tax reform, they would be given, of course we're going to eliminate the estate tax, of course we're going to reduce the top marginal rate, but you've really gotten down to playing with single-digit billions of dollars per year, and so that's why I think we have these things you're talking about, phasing certain rates in, phasing other things out, and it's just come down to so much on the revenue side.
1: Well, let's talk about the politics briefly, because last time I checked, and I don't think this will be true for a very long time, the Republicans control the House and the Republicans control the Senate. And Republicans are for dynamic scoring. Mm-hmm. As I, is that universally true? Is that fairly yes. okay? Yeah. Democrats don't. So if you control the House and the Senate, why can't you just say we're not going to play this game? We're going to play by a different set of rules. We're going to play by dynamic, and we believe mm-hmm. that this bill does what it. Um, you know, if we want a growth bill, we, we mm-hmm. expect growth to come out of it, then let's 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 eat our own cooking.
0: You are somewhat limited, though. You can't change those things necessarily within the time window that we have here for tax is it statu- so you're relying... statutory uh yeah i mean the senate has some control over which score they're going to choose to use but it's not like they can call up the tax foundation and say there's is the most favorable score we're going to pick that and use it you know they're limited in that
1: well they do that with polls
0: <laughs> polls but not when it comes to the to the <laughs> legislator side
1: yeah
2: it, they it, and a lot of it is a uh a lack of desire to make that bold move to say we we no longer want to be constrained by these arcane rules. It's it's really a they're allowing themselves to be shackled by by process. I mean, you can you can debate whether or not that process came from a good place or has a role in the future, but but it's a lot of the things they can change. It's just a matter of mustering the political will, the political to, will. to change mm-hmm. them. And and the majority in the in the Senate is is pretty slim, and so if you don't have everyone hundred percent on board they a lot of these things are, are just become more difficult than than we would like them to be
0: Mm-hmm.
1: well you all wrote an excellent analysis of this last week. Uh, the GOP tax plan would revitalize the u s economy, uh, which I highly recommend it's on the Daily signal website it gets into the the Inside baseball of this and the sausage making, but one of the things that I found concerning is the headline is there's tax relief, and yet you look at the what's happening with rates. There's the so-called bubble tax. There's a extra tax for people who make over two hundred thousand, between two hundred and four hundred thousand. I mean, what is what is all this? Uh, Telling mm-hmm. me, I'm, I'm. This is a I see this, you have little smiley faces and frowny is, this is faces. This is a courtroom. This. this is a courtroom, and I'm handing the document mm-hmm. to the defendants. <laughs> and I've got very few smiley faces and lots of frowny faces mm-hmm. here. Do you want to tackle that? Just explain a couple of those bullet points to me.
0: Yes. So as we we talked about in the beginning, this is a rate cut, and it's also a net tax bill cut. You know, At the end of the day, how much do you pay the federal government for lower and middle income families? But once you shift up that income scale, the way that they've changed the brackets is such that a lot of income is now subject to a higher tax rate. What might have been 28 or 33% before is now going to be 35%. They've moved up the 39.6% rate, um, particularly for married couples. They did get rid of um, the marriage penalty that exists there. But on net, this group of people is generally not subject to any lower marginal rate. And for the most part, they're paying higher tax rates, you know, in, in that window between about 200 to 750, say. Um, but, and you're also getting rid of a lot of the exemptions, deductions that these people used to take. So for the most part, this is a general tax increase there, except for those that have the pass-through income. And then we'll get on to the bubble rate. So currently, you know, the <laughs> 39.6% rate is the top headline rate, We were hoping it would have been 35. They kept the current rate, so no tax cut, but actually a tax increase. So if you are a single individual, once you start making a million dollars, and if you're a married couple, once you start making 1.2 million, they're going to recapture the benefit of having earned 45 or $90,000 at a 12% rate. They're effectively saying, we're taking this back from you. That's like scaling back $12,000 from individuals, $25,000 from married couples how they do that is they put on a bubble rate and they add 6 percentage points so you're at 45.6% now until you've recaptured that whole benefit of having the lower rate so you have 39.6 45.6 and then you go back down 39.6 <laughs> so it's not it's not simplifying and, things for this top rate and 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 even and so, if,
1: so the highest earners aren't going to be paying the highest rate. Yes, so there and are I'm people glad you brought stuck in the middle that are going to be paying more than the highest earners. This but,
0: happened in 1986. They needed some more revenue, and so they did the exact same thing and created a 33 percent bracket. And then going forward, it was pointed out, well, this isn't fair. You have people making five million, and they're not paying the top marginal tax rate. And so the solution should have been, okay, let's get rid of the bubble rate. Well, no, they raised the top rate. To 33%. And so, do we want to have a 45.6% rate going forward now?
1: Oh, my. Okay. Well, we were also in this bill, uh, state and local deductions uh, partially eliminated. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. I've done a lot on the state and local side and analyzing the IRS data and who does this benefit. So, it's a horrible policy to begin with. What are you doing by letting people deduct the taxes that they pay to their state and local governments? you're encouraging the state and local governments to raise taxes higher than they otherwise would. You know, California has a top marginal tax rate of 13.3%. But once you deduct that from your federal taxes, you're really only paying 8%. Mm-hmm. Who's paying that other 5.5% is every other American, you know, in the other 49 states. So it's a bad policy. Eliminating it is a great thing. But in the house side you have some conservative members from New York and New Jersey in particular who said, we can't afford to get rid of this deduction. It hurts our constituents too much. Well, the politics, a are, lot of...
1: politics are interesting here. It's California, <laughs> yes. New York, New Jersey, Illinois, Massachusetts, Maryland, and Connecticut. Last time I checked, there were no Republican senators from any of those states.
0: And that's where it gets interesting is while on the House side, they had to compromise and they said, we're going to keep a property tax deduction in up to cap of $10,000 per year. On the Senate side, you don't have any conservatives from those states. And so it's possible that maybe that's some new revenue that they can get in is by fully eliminating the state and local tax deduction and not keeping that property tax deduction that they have so far.
2: And then when it goes back to the House, it'll be a game of political chicken theoretically. Mm-hmm. If the if the full salt deduction is eliminated, the state and local tax deduction salt it's, state and local tax deduction. Yes. Okay. Uh then then it the Those representatives that are from those high tax states will have to make a decision. do they vote for comprehensive tax reform or or do they not, and it'll hinge on this issue of the uh, of the deduction that and I can't think of any Republican that would vote against the co- this sort of tax reform that we're talking about mm-hmm. uh, on the basis of, mm-hmm. of of this piece, but the there there's
0: some of them did get out there and say, "I will not vote not... for a bill that eliminates and... all the state and local taxes."
2: And so, so some Republicans are, are holding this tax reform hostage because they don't want the subsidy for expanding bureaucracies in New York, New Jersey, and California to go away, which on its face is pretty perverse.
0: Mm.
1: We've got a couple minutes left. Um, where do you think this is going to end up?
2: So the, we have a House bill. Uh, it's being marked up or it's being finished marked up right now where we should get a Senate bill next which will be slightly different than the house bill, but not dramatically. The same process will happen in the Senate. They'll make some changes and then the two bills will, will come together. I think from, from what we know thus far, we'll see a big change in the corporate tax rate down to 20%. We'll see some expensing. These are all the pro growth things that are really good. We'll see some increase in the child tax credit. We'll see a doubling of standard deduction. We will see rates come down for most people. Uh, hopefully we'll see a little more relief for for small businesses and and then the question is how how does it get paid for so eliminating Mm -hmm. the the state and local tax deduction the repatriation tax we talked about eliminating as many carve outs and special privileges that are in the tax code that's where sort of how we fund a lot of this and so i think those broad contours will be there when it gets hopefully through the house and the senate it's just a matter of a sort of what trade-offs they mm-hmm. end up having to make along mm-hmm. the way
0: and they might have a little extra money to play with in there if we have the dynamic score from jct by then which should be hundreds of billions maybe I don't know, two to four we don't really know for sure but there will be some money so that's something that may provide something the senate side certain members over there would like to see a higher tax child tax credit even higher than the sixteen hundred. Um, there's some other provisions that would be in play, but I think we can also expect more complication. I don't think that the bill will get simpler moving forward. Timeline, I think they're aiming for Thanksgiving to kind of have a final package between the two and certainly passage by the end of the year.
1: So it doesn't really simplify. It doesn't really cut <laughs> the top rate, but it does a lot on the, on the corporate side to promote mm-hmm. growth. And so it's not it's not perfect, but it's better than nothing.
2: Yeah. And I think I'm more optimistic than that because this is just the first iteration of it. There's, But we'll still see changes being made going forward. I think good. if we keep up pressure on needing to see a lower top marginal rate, that paired with a little more relief for, for those pass-through businesses. And then we have the expensing piece, at least temporarily. We have the lower corporate tax rate. It This is setting us up to get good a good piece of tax reform. It's just... Where it's about uh, keeping up the political momentum to to really drive home these things that mm-hmm. that are necessary pieces of pro-growth tax reform.
1: Well, thanks, guys. Rachel, Adam, I look forward to talking with you more as this progresses, and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we'll have another bite at the apple, maybe another tax bill next year. We can we can <laughs> do some good then. So anyway, thanks, and uh, we'll see you soon. And uh, good Thank show. You. Thanks. Thanks for having us on.
0: Thanks for listening. Want more? Be sure to subscribe to Common Ground with Bill Walton on iTunes. Amazon is hiring near you. Earn a competitive wage and start as soon as seven days. No resume or experience required health and safety are a top priority with all of our roles and sites amazon is taking precautions in our buildings to keep people healthy go to amazon.com apply that's amazon.com apply amazon is an equal opportunity
1: employer